Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to an episode of the D-Shift that's going to touch on a subject that kind of tugs at everybody's heartstrings here, um, and, but we're going to talk about it in a really helpful way to help our kids deal with grief and the loss of pets and how to deal with all of those over- overwhelming feelings that a lot of kids have. And I have two experts on the subject with me here today, Lacey Bruckner and Catherine Pendergrass, and they are going to share their expertise and wisdom And I'm going to let them introduce themselves as well so that you get an understanding for where they're coming from and why they have the knowledge about this. So take it away, ladies. I'm Catherine Pendergast, and um, I'm a children's author, and I also work in the funeral industry. And that was how I kind of met Lacey. And uh, one day we were just visiting and uh, we're talking about tools and resources for families that have kids during the funeral process. And there's just not a lot of them out there. And we decided to create a set of books to help children during a time of loss. And so we created two books, one um, a more traditional funeral and one a cremation. And um, in those, we introduce that a person's died. And then we get into what a visitation of funeral graveside service might look like. And then also um, grieving morning activities they can do individually and as a family. And from there, we just had so many requests to do a pet version. And so that's how we ended up with Goodbye Bella. Yeah, and my name's Lacey Breckner. And like Catherine said, um, I'm a funeral director and Kat's a, a children's author. And we met and, and just started visiting and, and realized one day that there wasn't a whole lot of resources out there for families and for kids who have experienced a loss. And that's where these books began. Well, I, it's such an important area. I mean, I've had uh, Michelle Benio on the podcast uh, way back when I started over a year ago, and she spoke about helping kids deal with the loss of a of a sibling. But she really focuses on how to parent through that. But your your books and your information is really geared to helping your kids manage that grieving process. Is what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Absolutely. And just to give families a tool and a resource to open the door to start having those conversations with your children. We often don't know what to say or how to say it or how to even approach it. And these books kind of bridge that gap and and help families start that conversation. Yeah. And that can be a really tough one because a lot of adults are uncomfortable talking about death. And whether it's death of a family member or family friend or whether it's the death of a pet, you know, I am I grew up on a farm, so we kind of, the cycle of life, you know, <laughs> akuna matata, everything was happening. But um, for a lot of kids, the death of a pet is, is really their first um, experience with death. And so it can be really difficult. What, what are some of the, um, what are some of the, the tips or the strategies or the conversation topics that you find are helpful for parents to use to, to start these conversations. I think um, Lacey and I, we were just talking the other day about simple language, making sure that um, you're not trying to overcomplicate it and just being pretty real and simple and um, 
not necessarily having to elaborate on the the answers, but when they're satisfied to, you know, kind of stop at that moment. And anytime it comes up later on, you know, grief can be a long process. And so it might be months or a year later that they haven't even talked about that pet. And then suddenly they're talking about them and to give them the opportunity to voice their feelings and um, have the conversation at any point in time. Lacey, did you want to add to that? Absolutely. Um, I think children, you know, number one, I think maybe understand more than we sometimes give them credit for. And like Catherine said, a lot of times they're satisfied with simple answers. So if they're asking questions, you know, around death, I think we feel as parents that we got to give some big elaborate explanation and we don't necessarily have to do so. Give them nice, simple answers. And if they have more questions, they're going to ask. What do you think is the biggest um, stumbling block or the biggest, I don't want to say mistake because I don't want parents to feel that anything they, they do is really a mistake. I mean, however you approach it is, is, is your way of your method of dealing with this. But what do you think is the biggest stumbling block that parents have? Or maybe not even parents, maybe it's uh, grandparents that are having a difficulty talking about it. Well, I think we want to protect our kids, and I think we, we, we're we afraid of scaring them or making it harder for them. So, you know, we try to avoid real words like using the word die, death, and dying. And it's okay to use those words. It's okay to label death as what it is. It's a reality that is in all of our lives that that's the one thing we know for sure is this, this physical body will die, and it, it doesn't have to be scary. It 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 can be a beautiful thing and it's okay to use those words. One thing we've talked about is letting the child kind of lead in how involved they want to be. Some kids, they're very interested and want to be very involved and other kids, maybe not quite as much, um, but not really forcing them to do anything that they don't want to do. Um, but also allowing them to be part of the family and be part of that grieving the morning um, and, and part of that person or animal dying. And so let, if we could, let's maybe separate the two between what, how you might approach, let's say a, a family member passes away, dies, is do you use, I'm guessing that you would recommend approaching that a little bit differently than if a pet dies or not. Am I, am I mistaken in that? And I may well be. Um, I mean, I would, I would say you could approach them very similarly. Absolutely. Especially, you know, pets are family for a lot of people. Sure. And the love you feel for them can be, you know, just as strong as a human connection. And so I think, um, I think grief can be pretty similar. I mean, it, it can be different too, but I would say they could be approached in very similar ways for sure. And I am a big proponent of using the the clinical, <laughs> for lack of a better words, terms and not saying like, oh, you know, they're, they're sleeping. That is so scary for kids that, wow, you go to sleep and then you just don't move again. That's scary for kids, I think. Absolutely. Death is a separate thing from sleeping and it's okay to label it and identify it as something separate. Absolutely. You both got together and decided to write these books and I saw on 
your book list that there are books on, like you said, Catherine, for, um, for uh, a funeral and then for cremation. And then you wrote the pet books, which came first and how did, how did that all come about? Well, we, um, the funeral books really came first. We were visiting and wanted to create a tool or resource that families could have during the funeral process. We, we couldn't even find a book out there that showed anybody in a casket. And that's such an important conversation um, that I could have with my son showing, okay, um, grandma is not going to look exactly like she did when she was alive. Um, you know, having that conversation that you might even see grandma in the casket or you might not, you know, however that funeral is going to look, but you can have that conversation beforehand versus having a surprise or, um, you know, a, a scary unknown, I guess, before the funeral. And so we really wanted to provide that tool and resource. And so we did that. And then, um, wonderful feedback from that. Lots of, things that people wanted us to do. And one of those was to do a pet version. And so after Lacey and I, we've lost a, quite a few pets, I feel like in just the last year here. And so it was just, it was time that we really put that together and um, helped a lot of families that have pets as well. And I, I've got to tell you, I can remember, it's interesting because after we had our conversation uh, a little bit ago, I was thinking about the first time in my family, everybody got cremated. So, you know, we had more of a memorial service. I mean, we knew the person was dead. We, you know, the urn was there. We understood that was the person's cremains and all that kind of stuff. But the first time I went to um, a different um a, a different family's funeral and they actually had an open casket and that freaked me out. And I was about nine. I remember vividly walking in the, walking in the church and there was the body. And I can remember how shocked that was. My mom and dad were there and, you know, explained it to me, but I'm, I think if kids knew that that was coming, <laughs> that would really help alleviate some of that. Absolutely. And that was kind of one of the goals of our books was to to kind of give kids a little bit of a heads up on what they might experience. How do people find out about your books? Do they like do funeral directors know that those publications are out there and they're able to recommend them to the families? Because I know that's a really distressing time for a lot of families. I'm sure their first thought isn't let's go on Amazon and check for some books. Like how do people find out about the resources in a timely manner? Yeah, it's wonderful when the funeral home has them on hand. Um, most funeral homes that we work with, they'll order quite a few of them and just have them available for their families to either give away or to purchase. Each one is pretty personalized in that they can, kids can write in them, they can draw on them, put a picture of their loved one right in there. And so sometimes it's nice to have quite a few of those to just help families along and not every funeral director is a parent or um, has a lot of experience with kids. And so the, this actually really is a tool for the funeral directors too, to help their families in a different way that um, they might not have been able to do before. Well, that's, I, I'm glad there are resources out there because I'm, I know how difficult it is for families. The younger the child is, it seems the more challenging it is for the family to be able to, really get the necessary information out. What about the pet books? How do, how do, 
I understand that you had some losses of pets and I've had a rough couple of years this last couple of years too myself with my my aging pet population on the farm here. It's been kind of depressing at times. Um, what when should families start having these conversation with kids? You know, if the pets are starting to get up there into their mid to late teens, depending on what species it is, obviously. But how do you recommend that families start approaching that? In the the pet version of the book, Goodbye Bella, um, Bella's getting older. She's a Great Dane, similar to my Great Danes that I had. And um, they go to the vet. They find out that Bella's not going to be around very much longer. And so the little girl, she's pretty worried that she's not going to be there when Bella actually dies and isn't really going to have that special goodbye that she wants to give her. And so she comes up with a pretty creative way to say goodbye to Bella and appreciate the time that they do have left, even though it's pretty hard at times. It's pretty emotional to see her um, maybe having accidents or not being as playful some of those things that just come with age and so kind of showing kids that we have to be kind of patient with our older um, animals and and love them to the end and so um, you know I think when when you know that pet is not going to be around much longer it's really a perfect time to start having those conversations that um, we need to be patient we need to um you know, love on our dogs and our animals as they're passing. And, and then in the end, we end up, um, they adopt a new dog. So they end up loving again. And so showing that we have a lot of love in our hearts and we're able to eventually um, love again, you know, even though it might be a little hard and, and there might be some challenges with that too. But um, just because you've experienced loss doesn't mean that you can't love um, down the road. What a powerful message for kids. That really is. L- Lacey, how did you How? I, I mean, I, I think you live on a farm, right? You're, you're on a farm. Do. That's yes. right. So how did, how was it, was it different for you getting involved in the pet book than the, than the actual, um, like the, how to deal with the death of a family member, or was it kind of natural for you to do both? Um, yeah. I mean, I would say it's more natural. They just kind of, it, it evolved so easily from the first ones, you know, um, kind of a neat little experience we had out here is we recently did adopt a new dog and my little 11 year old daughter, um, I suppose it had been maybe six, eight months since, um, since our little Layla had passed and, um, my little 11 year old, after we got our new dog, Keto, looked at me one day with tears and she said, mom, I feel really guilty. And I said, well, why do you feel guilty? Well, because I I really start to love this new dog that we have. And does that mean that I don't love Layla anymore? And I looked at her and I said, honey, we have enough love in our hearts to love more animals. And Layla, Layla's not here with us right now. And, and that's okay. But because she's not here, she wouldn't, you know, want us to love again if we can. And we found a new dog that needs a home and can provide that. And it's, it's okay to love again. Yeah, and I, that is so hard. I mean, I, I'm sitting here really trying not to cry. Right now. I mean, it's just because I'm, I'm thinking like I lost two of my guys last year, and then I had two horses that I lost last year, and it was just like I said, it was just bad. But um, I I think that that message of we can 
we can still love and honor our our pets that have gone on before us and still have room in our hearts for for new pets and new you know new animals in the family is so powerful for kids absolutely if you if you were to advise people and i know you don't advise people on this uh, so maybe i'm asking you a bad question is it healthy or helpful for kids to be present at the death of an animal i'm not or or a parent or grandparent i mean is there and I know you're not mental health professionals. Do, do you have an opinion on that or you want to just pass on that question? You can if you don't want to answer it. Yeah, I mean, I have an opinion and that's where Kat and I have kind of talked about before where it's important to let your child lead and don't push or force anything. So if they're showing an interest and they want to view, whether it's your pet or grandma or whoever, um, if they want to, absolutely, I would say, let them. It's it's not going to hurt or harm them to see that reality. Um, and then on the flip side, if they don't, if they're saying, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go up, you know, in the front of the church or I, you know, our dog, you know, died and I don't, I don't want to see him after he died. Don't force it either at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, that does. That's, I think that's really practical advice. Listening to your child is really the the key element to this. Absolutely. Any, oh, I'm sorry, Catherine, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, a lot of times when I'm writing my books, I go back to my eyes as a child, what I wanted to do or see or how I would have wanted someone to communicate to me as a child. And um, I would have wanted to be there for my dog, even though it's really hard. Um, and my son, he wanted to be there for our dogs when, when they passed away, but um, he wasn't there and he was pretty hurt that he couldn't be there. So um I guess looking back to it, to my childhood, I would definitely want to be there for my pet, even though it's hard. And uh, when my mom passed away, I'm so thankful that I was there to be with her and experience that even though I was, you know, 20, and I guess I was 22 years old. I wasn't necessarily a child, but um, I'm thankful every day that I got to be there and hold her hand. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is such a tough topic for families because like I said, a lot of parents aren't comfortable with that experience and the whole idea and concept behind death. So I I really appreciate all this information. And I know this is a tough subject to talk about for a lot of people. Uh, Where do you find or where, where do you find people, adults in particular, um, stumble in preparing kids let's talk about specifically preparing for the funeral we talked about explaining to them that there's if there's going to be an open casket what about the what about a funeral that's not a traditional funeral like a memorial service or something where there's there's going to be like remains do kids do our kids naturally curious about what that is and what's in the urn and or or do they just accept it as that just part of the ceremony without necessarily going deeper than that. Yeah. From what I've seen, it, it uh, you know, obviously depends on each child. Sure. You know, some children just accept that. Yep. Yeah, okay. Grandma's in the urn. All right. And don't ask any, you know, thing beyond that. Um, others want to know, well, how does she fit in there and how does that work? And they, they, they're a little more curious and want to have a little more details. And, you know, we've kind of explained it as cremation is, is a process that reduces your body into ashes. 
or transforms your body into ashes. And a lot of kids seem to be, you know, without getting into the the fire and the flames and, and all of that, you know, try, try to keep it a little more soft to begin with. Right. But a lot of times when you say it, you're, you know, we change your body from, from your body into ashes through a process. A lot of times they'll accept that answer. Yeah. It, it's as a kind of a funny aside, I had a friend who gave that almost exact answer to her son at the memorial service. He's just a little guy, maybe four. And he goes, is this like Hogwarts transformations? It was all Harry Potter. He was really excited about this. He thought there was some kind of magic (laughs) stuff going on. It's funny how kids get those ideas. We've covered a ton of information. um, And I know, like I said, this is a sensitive topic. Is there anything particular you think would be beneficial for people to remember? And I'm going to ask both of you. um, Beneficial for people to remember about how to talk to kids about whether it's the death of a pet or the death of a family member what do you think is the most important thing to remember? Uh, I think for me, the most important thing is just um, just to give yourself permission to talk about it. You know, I think we're just, we're so fearful around death and talking about it. And like I said before, using the words death, dying, and give yourself permission and know that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to feel what you feel and it's okay to have these conversations with your children as well. Thanks, Lacey. Catherine? And maybe just um, adding to what Lacey said, I think that was beautiful. And um, to really keep that conversation open much longer later on down the road when you hit those kind of like trigger dates. Maybe it's somebody's birthday or a holiday or a special thing that you guys always did together. And that kind of brings on this wave of grief where you're, you, you know, you think you're doing so well and then something happens where it's it's their birthday or a special occasion and to really allow some grace for you and your family to take time and have that conversation, grieve together. And um, one of the things I love to do with my son is when he brings up one of our dogs or something along that line that we identify those emotions, label them, and then try and do something to honor and remember that dog. Um, so Carmela, she was a pet therapy dog. I volunteered with her in the community. And so she was very special to a lot of kids. Um, but the other day, my son was really missing her. And so we looked at a bunch of old videos and photos of her. And he he just felt so much better by actually having the conversation and doing something. Thank you. I, I appreciate both of the, both of you giving that information because I think that's that's really key for parents to kind of walk away and, and keep that at the top of their mind. So you have mentioned your books. Can you tell uh, people where they can get hold of the books and uh, if you um, if you have any other information or resources or anything you want to share? Yep. So the books are available on Amazon. Um, all book selling retails, uh, retailers out there. Um, they're also available directly on my website, um, catsocks.com, K-A-T-S-S-O-C-K-S.com. And for, you know, funeral homes or other counselors or anybody that would want wholesale, we do have that available as well. And could you, could you, Catherine or Lacey, can you give us the specific titles of people who are looking on Amazon? What do they need to look for? Um, so the, the funeral books are in loving memory, a children's journey to understanding the funeral process. 
Um, you know, they can search by us as authors too. And then um, Goodbye Bella, A Pet Loss Story is the you know official titles. Great. And thank you. And so I'm going to encourage you if you are listening in and you are dealing with the loss of a family member or a pet, or you know a family that is, this could be a fantastic resource to give them. Lacey and Catherine, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and expertise on this. And, and I so appreciate you. Um, I so appreciate that you've written these books because I think this is going to be such a valuable resource for people going through this. I'd like, to thank, I'd like to thank you all for listening into The D-Shift and don't forget to check us out next week. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.